you watch that My Octopus Teacher yet? I did. What did you think of that? <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. I bet he wants to fuck the octopus. <laughs> totally, bro. There's my hot take on it. I'm sure everyone is saying the same thing about it, which is, disgusts me. I think it's it all men me, who are saying that. It shows me everything that you need to know about humanity. Sure, the guy's a little strange and maybe he's neglecting his home life. For anyone who doesn't know, what is this? It's on Netflix, right? It's a documentary about a man who follows around an octopus for a year. Uh-huh. And uh, It teaches him life uh, a lesson about his own life. And it's, it's hot stuff on Netflix right now. Everybody's talking about it. Which I watched it and it is beautifully shot Mm -hmm. and it's a touching story and it's a man who, yeah, as you said, discovered things about his own life by following around this octopus. Sure. Uh, The way he speaks about the octopus, his bond with the octopus. uh, I don't think it's weird. It's maybe weird in the sense that he may have things going on in his personal life. That he's neglecting and it's all coming out with his relationship with the octopus. But he pretty much admits that. Right. That's the whole thing. My octopus teacher. The octopus taught me things about mm-hmm. life. And then uh, I, I know the hot take out there that everyone's got is he wants to bang the thing. Okay, great. I think it's only because it's a it's a strange bonding between human and animal. Like we're used to seeing, especially man, right? We're used to seeing man and dog you know, or man and horse, you know, other kind of beasts. But to bond so strongly with a creature like an octopus, which is also like a little bit mysterious to sort of lay people. you know. But it's also a very intelligent creature. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying it, that it, that's why it's like, well, where is this going? I honestly, though, I didn't I never once thought like, is he going to fuck the octopus? I mean. When I say that, I don't think that anyone watching it really thought it was going but to go there. But it didn't cross my mind. But And now I've heard you talk about it, and then the Watch What Crappens boys talked about it too, which is a podcast who did a recap of the show, which I I'm sure recommend. everyone's talking. And the only reason I bring it up is because I know that's what people are saying, and they think that they're original and clever, uh, and they're uncomfortable with the fact that, look, the man's articulate. The guy in the documentary. He's a sensitive He's soul. a sensitive guy who's articulate and can talk about it and actually take the feelings he had watching this octopus and following it around. And it gave him some purpose in life also. And he was able to turn that into this documentary and a story to tell. Hmm. And for whatever reason, if you're allowed, if you if you know how to express yourself, you're dismissed by quite a few people. Masculinity. As uh, you want to bang the thing, huh? You really got feelings for it. Yeah. Why don't you just go fuck it and call it a day? Yeah. So I. That goes back to our masculinity podcast. Which was last week's episode, which uh, I don't know. I think it scared people away. It didn't get the numbers we th- we'd hoped. Compared uh, compared to uh, the previous shows, the weeks leading up to that one. Yeah. Yeah. The numbers were down a bit for masculinity. And even the description for masculinity was. Funny. Autumn, autumn questions what it is to be a man. Yeah, <laughs> which I liked. It was one of our only podcast uh, descriptions or um, posts on Facebook that my autumn Facebook liked. Does that make sense? No. Like the the one topic Facebook uh, was for that episode masculinity with that description was posted, and I and on under my profile Autumn Fisher 
I don't typically like our own show because oh, it feels okay. weird. But that was the only I laughed. I liked the laughing. One. Well, you so spoke about your your personal Facebook page as though it was a separate entity run by someone else. I know. Well, because I was talking. Because I mean, I I can post as one topic and then I post as myself. But anyway, um, yeah, mask the masculinity episode. What? What? No, keep speaking. Oh, sorry. The masculinity episode. I was just uh, trying to clear my throat away from the mic. I wasn't leaning away from you because I and, and I wasn't recoiling in horror over whatever you were going to say. Oh, that's what it looked like. I know that's what you thought, but I was just leaning away from the microphone so I could clear my throat. That's professional. Uh, the masculinity, I think, title, like you said, scared people away because so many people say the same things about masculinity and sort of you hear this echo chamber of, you know, uh, talking points about toxic masculinity and what is a problem and you can't be masculine and it's, you know, vilified. And that's not what we did. So if it scared you away, go listen to it. You jerks. There's our pitch. Go back and listen to all the episodes. Yeah, that too. Tell your friends. Yeah. Like, and subscribe, rate and review. <laughs> yeah, Smash just, that like button. We're just putting this up front now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Close one. What? You thought I was going to forget my last name? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd look, maybe that should be my new test at some point to see if my brain is still functioning properly. Yeah. Right now, it's still repeating old addresses. If I'm scared that something has happened to me, I just go back through the address inventory and start calling them out in my head. That's amazing that you can do that because I don't remember all my old addresses. 1175 Meadow Oaks Drive, 1150 Collier Road, 1660 Peachtree Street, 223 Carroll Street, 723 Hart Street, 212 Sullivan Street. And this one? Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> I almost got you to say it. Yeah, everyone's going to show up. And we could say it. <laughs> Everyone knew my old address. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they didn't. It was put out there. It was? Yeah, at some point. I don't know, tied to the Von Hessler Doctrine radio show. Because someone took a picture of the okay. building and posted it on Facebook. Yeah, how did they find it? I, I, I think we'd given the address before. Oh. It's also mm-hmm. not that difficult. People can actually find addresses. That's true. So, anyway. Mm. Whose week is it? I think it's my week. Yeah. I mean, if it's not my week, I still have a topic that I want to talk about. I don't I can't sum up this week's topic in one word, but I was thinking about behaviors, asinine behaviors that people have that they partake in for no valid reason, no real explainable reason. There's nothing beneficial about these behaviors. It's just something they do because it has become ingrained with their personality or it stands for who they are, even if it's in a minuscule way. This may not be a defining thing about the person, but it just became something. That's what I do. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking about this because you told me that you don't brush. Here's the way we're going to set this up, by the way. I'll throw things at you. These okay. beha- these behaviors that I see uh, in you, and then you can throw them back at me, and you claim that you don't have anything to throw back at me. Uh, I thought of one. Okay, one thing. You have to come up with some things because if you don't, then I'm just going to come off as a real jerk. Who's yeah, this episode you. will be called "Shitting on Autumn." 
<laughs> which which would also disappoint a lot of people because if we named the episode Shitting on Autumn, people would expect a certain thing. Yeah. And then they wouldn't get that thing. Maybe we should call it that. The literal shitting on autumn. No, people wouldn't be expecting that's, that. That's what people would want. They'd want the drama. They'd want that. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it would catch fire and spread around fetish boards. <laughs> no, and then an everyone, audio medium. No. And, and then everybody, you know, there's plenty of audio that could happen with something like that. Mm. Yeah, it's not anything I would like to hear. I don't think it's anything you would like to hear. But that could certainly happen. Okay. So we can't call the show that anyway. Okay. It would probably be the most downloaded show. Essing. <laughs> which is disappointing. E-S-S-I-N-G on autumn. <laughs> so anyway, you you need to come up with some things. All right, I got a couple. But as I was saying, this is this became this week's topic because you refuse to brush your teeth in the morning. You don't brush your teeth in the morning. You brush your teeth once a day. Now, I want to yes and you. Um, I don't want to shit on your first topic. You don't have to pull back the curtain completely. What are you going to say? I started in the past week brushing my teeth in the morning? Yes. Yeah, in the past week. Okay. <laughs> because- All right. History has said that as an adult, I typically and have for a long time only brushed my teeth at night. So for the all intents and purposes mm-hmm. with this to kick off the show, it's valid. It's a very all valid right. thing. Sure. You, for the majority of your life. Not the majority. I would say like a large part of my adult life. Well, you've been an adult longer than you've been a kid. So yeah. that would be the majority. Listen, it's very important that we're extremely specific and accurate. Well, you're the one who <laughs> wanted to go down this path. Okay, look, look, look. I... Brush. I I have always brushed my teeth at night, and then in the morning, it's very easy to get rid of your like morning breath by having a drink or something to eat that gets rid of it. Um, and also, uh, if I shower or something in the morning, uh, or if my mouth feels particularly gross, then I will scrape my tongue. And I feel like if you're in the shower. And you're in the shower in the morning and you scrape your tongue. Your mouth has never felt so fresh outside of brushing your teeth. Your tongue is coated with garbage and you scrape it off. You just made my point. Your mouth and tongue are coated with garbage when you wake up. And having it, there's a film over your teeth quite often. No, not on your teeth. And there's a stench that comes along with it. And I understand that maybe having a coffee, it doesn't just get rid of the stench. It mixes the stench. You have a tea, then you have a tea bacteria waste stench. The bacteria has been sitting in your mouth all night, multiplying, having a bang bash. (laughs) What you're saying makes sense, but at least anecdotally, that is not the case. The point of this is you really dug in your heels about not brushing your teeth in the morning. And let's even say that what you are saying is true. You can get rid of it, the whatever is going on in your mouth in the morning when you wake up. You can get rid of those things by other means. Mm-hmm. But really, it has been proven and it's known that just brushing your teeth does a great job at doing that 
And it doesn't hurt. Let's just say it doesn't hurt to do. Yeah. And you refused to do it because somewhere this becomes a strange point of pride. I don't brush my teeth in the morning. It may be a little shocking to some people. I don't know if you like the reaction consciously, subconsciously. But what what is going on? Why were you so adamant about not brushing your teeth in the morning? Well, let's go on to some other ones and then we'll talk about oh, the, as a collection. Why? Well, okay. The fact that you don't brush. I mean, uh, you don't wash your hands after you dump. <laughs> that was another one. No, that was. I mean, that was really played up for the radio show that I don't ever wash my hands. Of well, how course did I wash? My how hands. did it come up in the first place? Because when you go to the bathroom in your own house, you don't always wash your hands after. And so I started to say like, yeah, I didn't wash my hands. I was in my own house. And I felt like I feel like that's some I felt like that's something that a ton of people agreed with me on, but wouldn't talk about it. No, if you're peeing, if you pee, Uh you possibly don't wash your hands. Okay. Why in your own house or not? Why wouldn't you wash your hands after it? Because I feel like I'm not touching anything. You're touching everything. I'm not touching anything. I'm touching the toilet paper. Yeah, which is very porous. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, however many ply away from the poop. I'm many plies away because you know you. I scrunch it up. I know some people fold and then wipe. I scr- I look. Scr- yeah. Yes, I scrunch also. Yeah, a scrunch is a way to go. I know it, some it people fold. It's still these are microscopic particles. Well, I've never had E. coli, so. Uh, sure. But just knowing they're there. Uh, this, I'm just if, saying. If, we wanna get, if you really want to get scientific about this one, there's no escaping it because poop particles are everywhere. They're everywhere. And that doesn't mean that if I, you know, start baking or something that I don't wash my hands before. I'll wash my hands before. I feel as though baking wouldn't matter because it goes into a hot oven. No, well then what about cooking? Anything. Anything that has to do with touching food or Eating something. Eating a raw carrot wouldn't be good. <laughs> I guess not. Good thing I don't do that. Something that you eat immediately. <laughs> yeah. But you you know you wipe your eye. Your eye gets itchy. Yeah. And then you have pink eye. The possibility of it. Right. Well that's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm honestly I when I am going number two, I'm not getting I'm not touching anything. I don't know what people are touching. What are you touching? The toilet paper and then your own handle. Here's the thing. This is the stubbornness. This is you digging in your heels. I know this is an but it asinine, is something I believe this is an asinine behavior. When is it just something that I believe and that I'm also uh, uh, assigning to my personality? Because I'm not just doing it and. And and um, uh, uh, justifying it just because I've assigned it to my personality. I really do believe these things. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? <laughs> no, because this is what I want to explore. Okay. Okay. You believe these things. Mm-hmm. I get it. Which, which, by the way, let's just go back to you scraping your tongue. Okay. Much more effort than brushing your teeth. You'll scrape your tongue with your fingernails. Yeah, I'm in the shower. You wash that off. With your fingernails. Yeah. But you would refuse to use a tongue scraper. Yeah, that's a foreign object. It is made 
to scrape your tongue. What is your hand made for? Well, just the refusal to use the, scr- the the tongue scraper is another thing that just is a stubbornness that ties into the fact that you don't like. I feel like this is an all encompassing thing. I don't brush my teeth in the morning, and. You know that scraping your tongue with your fingernails is weird. Don't you pretend I think that's it's, not that strange. I, I, I think it is weird. I think it's smart. I think that pe- more people should do it. Because what else? What else? Are, I'm not going to. I would much rather put my own hand in my mouth than some weird object. The hand that you didn't wash <laughs> after you went to the bathroom. And now you're scraping your I'm tongue. I'm in the with shower. It. I have soap in there. I'm clean. Why? Why what? Why Uh-oh. are these behaviors persistent? Why? Do Maybe you- I am a little stubborn. But I think that it does tie into why I understand. I feel like there might be a more explanation of the why. I think that look, this is a thing that a lot of people do. That's why I wanted to bring it up. There are mm-hmm. all things uh, across the board that... You know, I, anything imaginable, I think, is probably something that someone somewhere is like, yeah, I don't do that mm-hmm. or I don't do it this way. And maybe some of it's an act of rebellion. I think an instance of this for me is the fact that I didn't watch Star Wars for years and years and years. And it didn't start out as a thing that I did. You know, it, it's is it my personality? No. Is it really a way to sum up my personality? No. But at some point, it became a thing that mm-hmm. was a little piece of my personality. That guy hasn't seen Star Wars because everyone else had seen Star Wars. Right. It's so ubiquitous. Right. And then it's like, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Rebellion. Look at me. I'm the guy who hasn't seen Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it's dumb. It's a point of pride that is misplaced. It, it, there's nothing to be prideful about. <laughs> About not seeing Star Wars. And then I finally did watch Star Wars. The first one I saw was Rogue One. And that's when Carrie Fisher died. Mm, when I was in the theater watching Rogue One. Oh, yeah. I came out of the theater and she was dead. And so it was you. You were keeping her alive by not seeing any Star Wars. Yes. It's nice to put that much significance on yourself. <laughs> I, it was my fault. Mm hmm. The universe said, you know what? You've completely changed my fabric by going to watch Star Wars. That's a bad Star Wars to start out with. No, that's a great one. <sighs> that's the one that sets up the first one, which is now the third one. Why is that a bad one to start with? Because, oh, wait, is Rogue One the one? Oh, you know what I was thinking you were talking about was the one where like she floats in space. I thought it was that one. Where it's like the lady tells uh, uh, the one guy's trying to like, we got to go do this thing. And she's like, I have a plan. Don't worry. And then she ends up fucking things up. Anyway. Who? I don't know. The other, the one, the lady that was in Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Which one is that? That's the. (laughs) Yeah. The other one. That's the eighth one. Uh, Yeah. That was the last Jedi. Okay. Yeah. No. Was it? No. What anyway, was, what whatever. Was the, hold on. What was the last one called? You're the Star Wars fan. Not no. I'm the Star Wars three, four, and five. Well, what was the I last mean four, one five, called? and six? <laughs> what was what was it? I don't know because I stopped watching because it was too annoying. Even the people in the movie don't understand why things are happening. The character, the actors in the movie don't 
understand. Like when you see them in those pressers and stuff, like in, you know, those, um, uh, those like Q and A's, they can't answer those questions. They don't know why. There it is. The last Jedi was right, the one I'm right. talking about. And then the rise of Skywalker okay. was the most, this is the, this actually I think ties into you. Now there's just a stubbornness. You refuse to see these. You're a purist when it comes to the now, other ones. Now, that's if not... You, if you really okay. want to shit on these films, shouldn't you have to at least watch them so then you can say how I'm not bad shitting on those. I will 100% shit on one, two, and three because I have seen those. I have, no, not just seen, suffered through those. And so, yeah, I don't mind shitting on those. I have a, having a preference is fine, that's not that's not assigning something to my person. That's not me. I mean, that's not me being stubborn. It's just saying I don't want to see those because I've I keep being disappointed. I'm not going to keep being disappointed by Star Wars. I'm just going to enjoy the four, five, and six, and let those stand as what they were. That's it. All right, fair enough. For this, for the sake of however, back, no, no, we don't need to. No, no, I'm not going to go crazy. Listen, okay. Something about this, though. Just because I've seen Star Wars now doesn't mean I want to talk about it that much. No, and I'm not really... This isn't about Star Wars anymore. I mean, it is kind of, but not exactly. So um, this this sort of helps answer the question of why that you were asking previously. Because I remember as a little kid, well, I don't know, maybe like nine, right? Realizing that people have like niche... um interests and the people that i think are like a little bit more interesting have niche interests which is now the entirety of humanity because right. the internet it's all here's my niche interest well i remember i think- like to knit with play-doh well i and then i bake it and i wear it as a scarf knit with play-doh is impossible well not for this niche <laughs> niche um now you threw me off with your weird Play-Doh fantasy. You were interested in... Oh, yeah. I decided at some point that I'm going to start paying attention and getting to know uh, and gaining information about something. And that's going to be my thing. I'm going to be the person who knows about that. Um, it happened naturally with the Beatles. I was... I That happened naturally. I was into that. I found... I tried to, you know, absorb anything I could about the Beatles um, and that grew or whatever. But th- the Star Wars thing, I was like, I'm going to be someone who knows about Star Wars. And I heard that there was a controversy about like, did Han shoot first? And I was like, hell yeah, he shot first. I'm I'm in that camp. You know what I mean? Because it gave me something to talk about. It gave me something... <sighs> It gave me something to hang my hat on. And so then I think that that, you know, maybe I never got to know uh, maybe more about who I was um, as an individual human, but instead found these little like patches to put on my (laughs) like my what is that when you're a Boy Scout? You know, like your sash like these this is this is me 
I'm this kind of person. I do this. I like that. And that's it. Whereas instead of me just finding things that I'm actually, I mean, I do now I am into Star Wars, but I just remember there being a moment where I said to myself, like, I'm going to get into Star Wars because I want to be someone who can talk about that. Which is a pro a proactive thing. You get into something and that leads to conversations down the line. But I wasn't naturally into it. I liked episode. I liked episode. Well, the uh, six because I liked the Ewoks, um, and I remember liking things about you know uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Um, but I decided to like find out trivia and stuff about it so that I could talk about it, not because I was actually genuinely interested. That has now translated into an adult actually being able to appreciate those things. And now it's almost like a nostalgia. So it's not, I would say that it's it's not fake like it was maybe in the beginning, but it did sort of start this ball rolling into like, well, you know, maybe I don't have a great grasp on, you know, who I am when I'm alone. I don't, I don't know if you need to go that deep with it. I think, I'm going that deep. Well, you bring up, you know, a patchwork of things. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that is what makes our personalities. There are bigger parts of personalities, like demeanor and sense of humor or, you know, larger level macro scale things. But, you know, you can explain who you are or at least give little insights and hints as to who you are with little things like I don't brush my teeth in the morning. I don't know what you're trying to relay. Uh, that you're rebellious, but for then, example. Yeah, well, it gives a reaction. It gives something to talk about. Well, that was the thing with Star Wars for me. Mm-hmm. I got a reaction. Yeah. <gasps> you never seen Star Wars? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, ultimately, I think that gives insight into this idea that I do tend to reject things that become so mainstream, which is ridiculous is the point. That I ultimately want to make, just as though brushing your teeth in the morning is a ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. There's zero reason for me to keep up that behavior because I, I don't find it to be beneficial or constructive. Right. And also, what I'm punishing myself, I'm hurting myself ultimately. Now, Star Wars for me, when I finally did watch, especially the first, I hate that we're talking about Star Wars so much, but it was a. <laughs> thing that I just didn't do and when I watched watch the first three episodes which are now three four and five so not the first three but the original three oh, four five and six yes that's what I meant sorry I know it's hard I did it too. I realized that this thing has permeated society so much that I basically had seen them before <laughs> I was like I know all this and I've yeah. never watched one of these all of this is here and I didn't really feel like I gained much watching that I'm sorry to say but there are times you know, I really liked Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad had been on for many seasons and everyone was talking how wonderful it was. And then fuck you. I'm not watching this. If, if this if the masses like it and if it's as good as you say it, it can't be as good as you say it is, because if it is that good, humanity's stupid <laughs> and you wouldn't latch on like this. Right. Something this good can't be liked by so many people. And then I finally before season five. Uh-huh watched them all and was hooked and it obviously is a great show yeah and if i hadn't watched it would i have known that i missed out no i wouldn't have known that but you know what i realized is this kind of behavior 
limits my experiences in yeah. life. Now we're talking about more cultural things here with But even about brushing my teeth, I think the fact I mean the fact that I have started doing it in the morning too, I think is a step in it's a it's a dumb thing to like say who cares. I mean that's what what does that mean ultimately? You know, but what it does signify is that I'm not so attached to those traits that if I don't have them, then I don't exist. Moving to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to expose you here. Oh, no. I'm going to expose a secret that you asked me not to tell anyone. But Wow. Well, because it ties in. You admitted this. You're a Beatles lover. And you've already talked about it on this show, so that's why I'm going to bring it up. Okay. That you got into the Beatles. You wanted to know as much as you could about the Beatles. I try. I, yes. Anything that was, re- I I feel like I've seen every picture that's ever been taken of the Beatles because like any book that comes out that's new or any like documentary, like I've seen every, all of the footage. I've seen it all. And you hate Ringo Starr. I dislike Ringo. That's a thing. That's your thing. That's my opinion. That is not. But it's a staunch opinion. Well, mm-hmm. which fine. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Okay. But within your love for the Beatles, which represents who you are in this in this realm, it's like I am a person who loves the Beatles. I'm not sure what that says about you in your mind to other people, but it's a thing that you've yeah. decided to use as a part of the story of autumn. Yes. And then within that, there's some chapters. I hate Ringo. I dislike Ringo mm-hmm. quite a bit. There are probably valid reasons for that. Are there? Or is it at this point just become a thing? No. I mean, okay, again, this is something that's brought up on the radio show. And everything that's brought up on the radio show has to be, like, magnified by 10. Um, I don't hate Ringo. Um, but to be subtle on a segment that lasts for, you know, when I have two seconds to speak, I have to, you know, really press the gas on an opinion. So, um, no, I don't hate Ringo. Um, I don't think that he, when pe- when someone says that he's the greatest drummer in the world, that's absolutely incorrect. What's funny here is there are many Beatles lovers uh-huh. out there. And then within that world, you know, just being a Beatles lover says something about you to mm-hmm. the larger public. And then you get into that world with all the other Beatles lovers mm-hmm. and you have to create subsets of Beatles <laughs> lovers and you're into the camp. Yeah. Are you a John or Paul person? And I'm a John person. And these are all things that people latch onto just because they feel as though it relays something about like, what is a, what is a typical John lover? Yeah. Uh, artistic, doesn't mind uh, something a little bit more wild. And then, uh, a, then a fan of Paul. Paul, you like you like pop music. You like silly love songs. <laughs> and if you think Ringo is a good drummer. Then you're either a drummer or an idiot. <laughs> Somebody write that down as a good quote. See, this is interesting, though. <laughs> this is where these things come from. People do these things because it projects themselves onto the world Mm -hmm. are there discussions to be had merit alone on the Beatles yeah but the the way these things become so ingrained Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to go to this next step in my the part I'm going to reveal about the Beatles as you told me you don't even think they're I'm not saying you don't think they're good you don't think they're as great though as maybe everyone makes them out to be no, and you're coming to this realization as I have always said that they are okay um I've seen I mean uh, okay I didn't really think about it until I saw a couple posts. I know this is weird, but this is how I found it um, on Instagram. These were probably like two years apart. One person talked about like how they were just doing an Instagram story and they ended up talking about the Beatles and being like, they're okay, I guess. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, because, oh, it was, they were in an Uber and the person was playing the Beatles station on Sirius XM and saying like, yeah, everybody loves the Beatles. Everyone in my that I give rides to doesn't mind the Beatles. It's like the only station that everybody agrees on. And she was like, yeah, right. I guess. I mean, they're just fine. I guess not a big deal. Um, like they're not as a big deal as everybody says. And when I saw that, I was like, I get it. And then I ignored it and quickly buried it because <laughs> it went against so much of what I felt like who I am. And then just recently, um, another different person posted, uh, a, a question and answer thing and a, 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 a commenter asked her, you know, what do you think about the Beatles? And she said, just okay. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like I, this I, coincides <laughs> with, it, know, I don't feel good saying it. I don't, I don't feel good. It's okay to say it. Maybe they're not that great. Some of that early stuff is really goofy where they're on stage and just moving their shoulders back and forth, singing about holding hands get out of here. There's nothing special about that. It's See, all time, I'm not ready. It's all time and place. It's all time and place. <laughs> if that band came around now, not the later stuff after the touring ended and they got a little more experimental and doing the things they wanted to do. Early on, that band came around even a decade later. And I know that the argument can be made that they set the the the, the tone. Yeah, and blazed a trail. Mm-hmm. So that aside, like people, what is this shit? On stage, with all the same haircut, moving their shoulders back and forth, singing. What do you? What is the shoulder thing you keep doing? The way they moved it's, on stage. It, no, it's, it's. It was they. They looked like the showbiz pizza performers, <laughs> animatronics, animatronics up on stage with pre-programmed movements. Okay. Like we we have limited range. Here's how we move. Now you're now you're making me feel like I need to defend them because <laughs> yeah. you're going so hard against them. <laughs> I don't dislike the Beatles. Yeah. See, now you're magnifying it. Oh, oh, this is what you do. This is well, your hold, personality. Hold on. Let's we, hold your thought. Don't forget your thought. I will. You hold, can hold on. To, you can hold on to that thought. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say people like to put things in boxes because actually being alive is very complex and it's right. difficult. To, I've decided I like this thing. I'm going to put that in a box and I'm going to put it on my shelf. And it will always be there and I'll never change my mind. And then when you open up and you realize you become a little more Mm self-aware and you realize that one, you change over time uh, and two, that things aren't so defined Mm -hmm. that maybe you're now in a spot. You can admit I still like the Beatles a lot. They're one of my favorite bands, but they're, you know, the, the lines are blurred. That's not, it's not a box. I've experienced more uh i think that the beatles were my first love 
You know, they were the first band that I fell in love with. And people who like music will understand what that is. And I think that it's hard to go back and then say, well, that first love was... Obviously, it's the Beatles, and they're incredibly influential. And like you said, set tones and changed things and whatever. All of the like, music history has to include them because they've been you know, so influential on whatever. But looking back at the Beatles, at some... Beatles music, I think like, mm. Mm. and that's fair. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel great about it. About that one, you can feel great about it. You should feel great about it. Listen, it's a process. Let me heal. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you the room you need to heal. Thank you. So, what were you going? What were you going to say? Oh, this is what you do when you decide something, and you're like. You want to shit on something. You like pull the lawnmower thing like and you're like not a lawnmower. What is this? Chainsaw. A chainsaw. You just go for it. You're like, oh, there's a little room for me to shit on this. Let's just tear it all down. And you really go for it. That's your thing. Okay. That's a thing that I do, but that's not a very simple behavior that defines who I am. It is something. Well, it's that not an. It's not an asinine behavior that I. I have find dug, it asinine. Dug my heels in. <laughs> Why can't you just be like? It's like it, you know. It's it's something like ah, putting your socks on before the pants is the only way to do it. Well, and that's something I said. This there's a preference. I do think that is the proper way to do it. Uh-huh. Because else you have the pants on, they have to pull up the legs and then put the socks on. Well, just very recently, I've realized that. I've been living my life thinking like, this is the way, this is the way you do it. And if you don't do it that way, it's like, it's fine for you, but it's wrong. And now I truly feel like, oh, my way is just a way. And your way is different than mine. And it's fine for you because it's working like whatever, you know what I mean? But for a long time, I, I would silently feel like, oh, you're doing it wrong, but it works for you. So that's fine, but it's wrong. And I look, that's fair because- the sock thing I just brought up, I do believe my way. If you think about it logically, it is the way to do it. Socks first. Mm-mm. Why? Why? Socks last. Why? Because it's right before you put your shoes on. Socks and shoes. You have the pant legs, then you have to pull up. It's extra work to get the socks on. Mm. Anyway, fine. I can give you that. Mm. I don't need to say, you know, that but this I'm is, but- so identified by my sock it's position. not it's not that it's it's the other layer of that which is to say i think that my way is the right way and to then try and and then to change that point of view and to think oh my way is just a way i think me fighting against that would be the asinine trait you know saying like no i can't i can't allow myself to admit that you know this isn't the way I think. This is the, this is the way I think, and I have to continue to think that way, or else who am I? But instead, I'm changing that. I'm saying no, my way. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow growth and change, and I'm also gonna allow it in brushing my teeth in the morning <laughs> as well as at night. So going back, yeah, to what you're saying about the chainsaw, it's not it's, that's not a very simple action that I have. A sign. You seem to do it very. Easily. I do do it. Well, I, it, I it's something that I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, this 
It serves a purpose. Oh, it does? To make the other person feel... No, it's not about... <laughs> what, it makes you feel bad? Yeah. Well, that's my thing. That's my hang-up. Okay, but these are bigger things. These are bigger I, I want to stick with the asinine behaviors okay, that people really <laughs> dig their heels in. Um, yeah, I don't know how this really fits. If you want to explore that, fine. What, what do you want to look at with me and my approach to arguing my point? I, I would call that uh, you know, a very effective that... way to argue. <laughs> hey, my thought's different than yours. And I'm just going to cut you into pieces. You were a tree, <laughs> and now you're a bunch of logs. Mm-hmm. So what that does to the other person, typically, is it makes them dig their heels in. Or they're either with you on it, and they're like, yeah, let's chainsaw everything to the ground. Or... They, or it makes them like, oh, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like it makes them think maybe they do maybe agree with you a little bit, but because you go to such an extent, then it's a little much. And so somebody wants to like pull back on it a little bit. Okay. Do you think that's effective? Sure. Oh, what's happening now? You're like closing up. No, no, I just. We were having an open, we are friendly having, conversation. We are having an open, friendly and conversation. Like, uh-huh. Nope. That's just a bigger pathology, probably. Oh, okay. I don't know how to tie it into our, the the topic at hand. Well, if you know you that br- it's you- not constructive, then you should just be able to maybe switch it a little bit. You could bring up. Just like I did with brushing my teeth in the morning. so See, that's a trivial thing, the brushing your teeth. We're talking about the way I go about Mm. other things. If you could find a way that that manifested, that behavior, in some little thing that I did, and I put all this importance into that little thing Mm -hmm. because it was to protect the way I like to go after people. When I mark, that is what I'm trying to get at here. Okay. Okay. I'm not denying what you say to be true. Uh I just like, for the sake of this conversation, the idea that that somehow gets packaged up into something small and stupid. And that I argue for zero reason. Like someone from Mm -hmm. the outside, like, what the hell? Who cares? Why would you continue to do this little trivial behavior? Because it is representative of something hmm. bigger like that. Right. So if you had something that you could point out, but. Yeah, I don't. Because there is, I, I, <laughs> I don't assign it to a little action. I'm uh-huh. out in the open. I'll start that chainsaw up and everyone can see it and hear it and smell the gasoline burning. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't need to be assigned to a small thing. If you wanted to bring up something like me refusing to pay for haircuts. Yeah, that was like the first one that I thought of. And then I thought of like the Star Wars and was it like Top Gun? Because I have never, I, for a long time, I was the person who said they've never seen Top Gun. Which is fine. I don't think you need to see Top Gun. Yeah, it was fine. That's the other side of it. People will then come after you. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun's not great cinema. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's nostalgia. It It really affected a lot of kids. Yeah, but there was plenty of films of that period that affected yeah, a lot of Karate kids. Karate Kid. Yeah, I think that's overrated. Oh, no. I loved Karate Kid. It's fine. Stupid bike. 
we are, the stupid bike. We already talked about Karate Kid. I didn't like the video game, so it spoiled oh, my whole. Oh, right. Well. Because uh, the, the video game was very difficult. Well, maybe this is something. The cutting my hair <laughs> is, it doesn't necessarily fit into this because I don't say people who do go to get haircuts and pay for haircuts professionally are dumb. I don't say that people who brush their teeth twice a day are dumb. Okay, that's fair. Look, I, I've said fair quite a bit. I'm giving you yeah, yeah. the things. Well, it's hard to know. If you if you had a fair uh-huh. count for this episode, I've probably said it 50 times already. I'm grateful for that. Um, I You I, don't say that. But I, okay, fine. Well, All right, let's just continue down that path. I yeah, because I'm not judging people who do it. I'm not like, hey, you guys are suckers washing your hands after you poop, idiots. I'm not thinking that. I just, well, I just have... I I thought of whatever we've we've talked about it already. I feel like there's another one about me. Well, the, well, you, we can look at the hair thing. Yeah, that is me using a simple thing to tell other people something about me. I don't know what that is, other than thrifty. I, no, I think I think it it resourceful. Nope. I think what it is is that the reason why you do it, I think, is because you want. You sometimes I feel like people are vain and I'm proving uh, I'm not. Yeah, that's no, it. No, that's no, no, it. No, 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 I don't no. need to be as vain as you. No, 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 no. Now this is you chopping things down. Hold okay, on. Let's hear your thoughts on it. My thought is that you need to convey something and to other people and to yourself, mostly to yourself that I sometimes think you don't think you deserve stuff. Okay. So like if you if you went and got a haircut, you would feel like this is dumb. Well, the the thing is I don't think a professional haircut is dumb. Uh there's a modesty that I surely lean into in the way I live my life. Like I feel proud of you when you said you bought a new comforter. And like new bathroom stuff. And I feel like that probably was a big step. Yeah. The fact I just bought three new pairs of shoes. Yes. That is. See, that's what I mean. I think that that humble stuff, I think, is important to you. But also, I think part of that, the piece of that pie is that you don't deserve it. Well, okay, I'll give you that. I'm not going to necessarily argue against that. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. But cutting my hair, which maybe it's representative of that. It's also something I can do because I I have curly curly hair. I've also gotten pretty good at it, but it's curly hair. So any inconsistencies in length aren't easily noticeable. And even people who cut hair professionally, when they cut curly hair, it's all about just how it looks when it's dry. You know, you cut it once while it's wet and then you have it dry and then you cut it and shape it properly. So you're not doing anything crazy. That's the way to do it. And I can save some money. Yeah. And that's fine. I understand that more. Because honestly, when it comes to getting haircuts, going to a place like Supercuts, nothing against the people who work there. And I the last time I went to a place like that, the person had no clue what they were doing. And I. Walked out and it looked like there was a you know, a helmet on my head. Yeah, this. it's a low rung haircut. So I would prefer a more stylized haircut, but then going and paying 60 bucks for a haircut. To me, when I can do something myself and save the $60, mm-hmm. it's not 
necessarily worth it. I'm not saying that the skill's not worth it. If you're really cutting someone's hair and you're very good at it, 60 bucks isn't really that much it's money. It's really not about the haircut. It It's more about you, like I said, giving yourself things that you need when you like to feel that you don't need anything. I don't. <laughs> okay. This is how I can rebel against this society of consumerism. That's what you tell yourself. And what kind of better person is there than one who doesn't need things? All right. So there, you don't but, impose but, but on you others. you do need things. You don't have to impose on others. You don't have to you know, put yourself in a spot where another person finds you to be annoying. Okay, I just take care of myself. I don't even eat. <laughs> That's true, too. That's <laughs> this is a new this is another thing about you is the not eating. I mean, I will admit that. Now, we made a deal. We said so I we made a deal over text. So it's in writing that I would start brushing my teeth in the morning and at night, obviously. And you would eat um, throughout the day instead of eating one meal at 11 p.m. And Sometimes have you some- have you held up your side of the bargain? Yes. Ice cream at 9 a.m. does not count. It does count. Nope. That is not. eating. Also, maybe not every day, but I have eaten more. I mean, I will admit that this is a thing that has become representative mm-hmm. of God knows what. And maybe it is just does just tie into this needs and modesty thing. Since food is an essential need. Uh, yeah, I would quite often only eat once a day, mm-hmm. 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Because you feel like I don't need things. I liked that. I think that uh, eating throughout the day, that's what the animals do. <laughs> Guess what? You're an animal. Nope, I cannot admit that. Okay. That's what the animals do. They eat throughout the day. Their whole life revolves around looking for food. And salivating. I need food. My stomach is grumbling. What a waste of time. What a waste of life. You don't need anything. And some of this comes from working on sets where crew members become so whiny. (laughs) It's lunchtime. We've gone five minutes over five hours of work. That means I can charge you a meal penalty. <laughs> Which is a thing. If you don't get your crew fed, they can charge you meal penalties. But it's also the way people approach it. It's like you can work five minutes. No one's trying to keep you from eating. You can work the extra. Just get this shot done so we don't shut everything down in the middle of this. And you're going to get your food. You're not going to die. You're not going to wither. You're not going to melt because you didn't get your fucking food five hours on the dot. So this is, you know, I have very strong feelings about this. (laughs) And then the way they complain about things, like hangry, hangry to me is one of the, I hate that term. And then people have latched, that really sums me up. If I don't eat, I also get angry. Fuck you. You have more control over it than that. I didn't eat. And my mood is plummeted. Get out of here. So I'm just working in the opposite extreme. That's what's happening. And I don't like the food options. You can justify it. The food options in this catering. Shut up. You can justify it in all these ways and make yourself 
uh, so much better than these plebes who need to eat. They're so whiny, though. That's this fine. This is what I'm getting at. It's like, yes, there's two parts to this. The animal part and the people who, are, <laughs> who need to eat because they're just apes. And then, uh, yeah, but the way people really dig their heels in and becomes who they are is, I'm a person who needs to eat. Mm-hmm. That's fine if you don't want to be that person. But you can also be a person who also needs to eat. <laughs> fine. So mm-hmm. be it. But okay. okay. You don't like it. I understand that it would be better for me mm-hmm. to eat more often. So To this- accept yourself for who you are, who is someone who ha- A, has needs, B, needs to eat, <laughs> C, Sometimes, you know, needs new shoes. You're you're making steps towards that. And that's good. I am someone who needs to get more in touch with who I am um, that isn't just a reflection off of someone else. You know how you do that? How? Reading. History. Learning about history. Well, again, it's been a long joke that I don't know how to read. Well, that's not the joke. <laughs> That you don't know how to read. That's the joke that I make. If like, oh, I don't know how to read. If you don't actually enjoy reading, then I'm. I some people will hold that against other people. I don't care. You've expressed at least a desire to read, or like the I idea. Like, I like reading books, and this is where it's strange to me that then you don't because it feels as though you are the person who doesn't read books, and for whatever reason, that has become who you are. I don't read books, even though you want to read books. I just don't. Or a lack of interest in history. <sighs> Maybe you just aren't Can interested I, in history. I know. It can just be a preference. But what's funny. But there's what, a pride. There's no, a no, no. strange pride that comes nah, with that. What was, listen. If, if, if someone starts talking about history and throws some facts out there or starts to, and you can't join in on that conversation, you have to shoot the whole thing down. You're like, no. uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that guy. That Yeah, yeah, that uh, guy uh, Napoleon. I on. know about that guy. Hold now. on, hold on. You are conflating. <laughs> no. No, you're conflating radio, joking about history and sports, because that's what I do with sports, and my real life, okay? On the show... The only way that I can sort of like get a little time during this, you know, sports fest or when we're talking about history or that I don't get called out on it because I don't know enough, you know, about something that everyone else would feel is like common knowledge that I don't know, then I have to make a joke about it. And so I take it the other way. In real life, what I would do is not say anything for fear that I will be judged for not knowing something that is common knowledge. I've seen it play out like that in real life. This isn't just tied to radio. And it's okay, but... To me, it was funny. Once I started to realize how little I knew about history, my friend and I, Michelle and I, who's hoffandpepper.com, she and I talked about how little we knew and found it hilarious <laughs> and also like See, there it is that you find it to be funny there is something funny about not knowing about history be, or just things that that you know must that most people must know but why don't we know or and 
And maybe a lot of people don't know, but they also are quiet. I'm just like able to talk about it. I feel as though somewhere, if there's zero interest in this whole discussion has no point if you don't care about history i mean then you don't and that's okay it seems like you're interested in learning about things that have happened in the past just as though it seems as though you want to read books but then you don't follow through with those things because somewhere along the line it has become a, a signifier of who you are i don't read books and i don't know what that is i it's not that i don't i don't think that that is something that I have pinned to my chest to say that I don't read books. I do. I think that you like it when you start to read a book and you get four pages in and then you stop <laughs> and then the way it's presented, it's like, oh yeah, I read four pages and then there's a giggle. And... Because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I You lent me a book. I think I'm, you know, I want to say 40 pages in. I don't know how far I'm really in. I'm really enjoying it. I don't want to pick it up. And also when I start reading, I do fall asleep. I do like, mm, I'm, I'm, I, I'm out like a light. Those things aside, I feel as though it is I was saying the other day, I read, I, I read a bunch of books growing up that I never finished the end of because I just stopped reading. I don't know what it is. I feel as though it's representative of this idea that you live. Aren't I curious? You lived. <laughs> you like to live in a very enclosed space in your head and your immediate world. And there wasn't much interest in the happenings outside of that. And maybe reading books or learning about history, it pulled you out of things, made you think about things you didn't want to think about, shattered the small world you created for yourself. Hmm. I don't say these as uh, an attack. Mm -mm. I don't feel that way. This only works if there's actual interest. If there's zero interest, then none of it matters. I mean, I watched expressed interest, and then I've watched the Civil War documentary. I really liked that. I've seen that other documentary about. I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I feel like there's a little bit of pride in that though no it's more you like you like <laughs> like there it is you know what the pride comes from i'm gonna talk about it and it's embarrassing i'm not gonna sit here i'm not gonna pretend that i know something and, and like i don't know i think that there are plenty of people out there who are just like me in that regard about like history or reading or whatever okay so then and these things, they don't want to talk about it because it makes them look and sound stupid then these things are defense mechanisms that protect you from things you don't like about yourself well it's just like the person who's picked on in school ends up being the comedian because it was the only way to get by well it's a choice at that point well to, it's smart then i'm a you oh know, no it's a choice like if people aren't going to like me i'm going to give them reason not to like me this is I don't know about these things. And if people want to make fun of me for not knowing about these things, I'll make I'll, fun of myself. Too. Then I'll say I do it on purpose. I don't like no, these things. not on purpose. I, I don't when it's presented by a little as a little piece of pride. I don't uh-huh. read books. I don't like history. That is what that is. Then that's just a it's like yourself. I'm going to make fun of myself before you can. Yeah, and it's protecting yourself. But it's yeah. also become not even a true part of who you are, but presented as like I'm a person who doesn't read books just because I think it's funnier. It's not. I I don't say that I don't read books. I say I don't know how to read. Because <laughs> I think that's funnier. 
isn't it? Well, so I, I, sure. Okay. For this, though, I guess some of these behaviors that people implement into their lives are protective Mm -hmm. also, which is an interesting thing. Anything else for me? Did we cover the things? I'm surprised you didn't bring up New York. Oh. Since uh, my living in New York has I didn't think about that. Become but... a. Here's the thing. I'm not prideful. If about I living in had New York. a New Jersey driver's license, I would be so ashamed. That is true. That's what you said today. I would be ashamed if I had a New Jersey driver's license. One of the first things. Why does where you live define you? A place like New York defines me because I feel as though it is more of a complicated relationship for me personally. New York isn't. Some people are prideful about living in New York. And I guess everyone takes some kind of pride at some point about where they live for whatever reason. Because I guess you where you choose to live does maybe say something about you if it's an option. Some people can't choose where they live. Some people just grow up in a spot and stay there for whatever reasons. But if you move somewhere, you've chosen to move there. And I guess you're making that choice because it is saying something about who you are. But uh, New York to me is not representative in the same manner of these other things that we're talking about. Because I feel like there are people who love New York and people who love themselves in New York. And the latter are the people who use the city as a backdrop for the Mm. movie of their own life. And they post Instagram just about being in. I live in New York. Look, I'm in New York. Look at all these New York things I'm doing. To me, yeah, there's the part that it projects something to other people about how I feel about myself. Because I feel as though I fit into the city. The dynamic of it, the way it operates, what you have to do to live here, the things you have to sacrifice, but also the things that you have to pick up and learn to do better that you wouldn't have to do in other places. Um, You know, it was a challenge for me. I didn't come to New York to change New York. I came to New York to let New York change me. Well, it's true. The second good quote in this episode. Well, a lot of people I think come here and they move into neighborhoods and they try to make them whatever their precious fantasies are Mm -hmm. in their brains to use the british term twee they want it to be a twee world mm-hmm. and what's twee and then just a little precious yeah it's overly, overly precious overly precious and sentimental and <laughs> make it look like a wes anderson film yeah or um, uh you've got mail but you know <laughs> new york certainly does become intertwined i guess it's a thing and i do judge not every place, most places that are outside of New York. And that's insufferable and annoying because people who do that are insufferable and annoying because who cares? Just because I don't feel as though I could live somewhere else doesn't mean that people living other places is wrong. And I don't really think I do that too much, except for New Jersey. What about yourself, though? You judge yourself living somewhere else. Yeah, because I feel as though it would be a, a betrayal of myself. But why are you tying so much of who you are to New York City when you are yourself no matter where you are? Because, again, the city forces you to change and look at yourself and become self-aware and put in work. Else it'll eat I think you that alive. that's just what you did here. I don't think New York did it to you. 
Um, New York is. You know, you, what did you say your first love was? The Beatles. Yeah, I feel like New York was maybe my first love. It's the kind of relationship where <laughs> it's uh, unconditional. It's like, hey, you're going to treat me like shit quite often. Maybe it's abusive at times. I don't know. Maybe it's a relationship <laughs> you, you should leave. Yeah. It certainly can be abusive, but it's a getting in and understanding that, you know, there are good and bad and positives and negatives. And uh, I bring it up for this because I do think that it can easily become one of those things mm-hmm. that people hang their hat on. I live in New York and... I'm better than you and this tells you everything you need to know about me. And I try not to do the part where I'm, I'm I'm better at you. I don't know why that does come into play. I think maybe because there is a struggle here sometimes and you have to convince yourself. Like, why why the hell am I living here when I could live somewhere much easier? And you, uh, when people leave, you think, well, so many people leave. And people who move here and then they leave. So I think that you feel some pride in that you haven't left. Yeah. And that so many people that you know have left. That's true. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily wrong, you know, but I do think it is what we're talking about. Well, I think that to have a true relationship and the feelings that I have towards living in New York and being here going on, I don't even know what it is now, 13 years? 13 13 years, um, when you can rid yourself of the part where the judgment of other people who don't live here, that part's gone, mm-hmm. and it is you. Your, your relationship with New York has gotten to the point where you don't have to do that anymore. Then, you know, I feel as though that's an honest mm, representation of who I am as a person to use it as Mm. a way to feel like it reflects you. Yeah. I think that's fair. It certainly also can be used to, as I said, you know, put other people down, which is at that point, I don't know. It's just you trying to convince yourself that you're making the right choice. But when that's gone, I feel as though I, I know that I made the choice that I wanted to make and I'm okay with that choice. Okay. So that can be a rep that can be a process. I think my time in New York is representative of this whole process of using things to identify yourself, being stubborn, digging in, saying this thing is who I am. I think what we're saying, too, is don't be afraid to change if that change only serves to benefit you in some way. What do you mean by that? That if you are refusing to change just because it's something that you've never changed or it's something that you feel like identifies you, don't be afraid to change that thing if the result of it is beneficial. Or explore it. Or explore it. Explore the other side of it. Some people have kept their their long male ponytails (laughs) for so long. They're holding on to that for some unknown reason. Yes. That's a good Uh, example. That is a good example. I think what you're saying, to build on what you're saying, is explore the other side of this thing that Mm -hmm. you feel as though represents you, small as it may be. Right. And then if you still want to stick with that at the end, then I think it's 
I don't want to say it's more valid because that means it wasn't valid to begin with, but mm. you can. You can look at it maybe with some fresh eyes. I mean, look, if I didn't want to live in New York, just to wrap it up on this point, mm-hmm. I feel like I would know. I'd be like, I'm done with this place and I wouldn't stay when I didn't want to be here. And I do think that there are points when I toyed with the idea of leaving. Mm-hmm. And I did go to Atlanta at one point for an extended time for several months. Uh, yeah. And you said that you weren't done with New York yet. No. And I think that was part of the process. Yeah. If I didn't do that and I just said, nope, I moved here. This is who I am. It represents who I am. I'm never changing or never leaving. Mm-hmm. Then that's not helpful by any means. But uh, I think that my time here is a good representation of all these other things. I'll try putting on my pants first before my socks. That way I can then know for sure that putting on (laughs) socks first is the way to go. All right. Or maybe I'll go get a haircut. But I have a streak at this point. Uh, Why is that important? It's cool to have gone over 10 years without paying for a haircut. Oh, this is exactly what we're talking about. (laughs) We have gone nowhere. I'll go get a haircut. No, that's not the point. You don't need to get a haircut professionally. (laughs) All right. Well, now I feel stupid. Cut that last part out. No. Why do you? What part? The last part where I said, go get a haircut. No. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, and review. Check out our hoffapepper.com. See, look, this is this is something you do. You feel stupid, and then you just get really dumb about the end of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out hoffandpepper.com. Use our code one topic 15 for 15% off. Like and subscribe, rate and review. We love to see those numbers go up. Thanks. Bye-bye. Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Pete or Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what? Let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's got to be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hop Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. 1TOPIC15. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together 
at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.